Hi folks, Bob Main here with another episode of today's survival show. Helping you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. Well, hey, first of all, let me apologize up front for my voice cracking up a little bit. I'm trying to fight off a cold here. I'm actually fairly successful. I was able to take some Zycam and some other over-the-counter medications once I felt the symptoms start coming on. And so far, I've still got a voice left. Seems like every time I catch a cold, my voice goes away. So I figured I would talk about and do this podcast here before my voice goes out. So I'm traveling down the freeway in my mobile studio. It's dark outside. It's very early in the morning. I'm headed out to a business appointment. So I got my emergency kit with me that I talked about in the most recent episode and uh, headed out. And So I'm going to talk a little bit about some things that I see happening, that I see coming shortly. Uh, And, you know, I'm going to try to stay away from exact time predictions because obviously I can't see into the future. I'm, I'm not going to be that kind of a person. This is a no tin foil hat kind of show. So I'm not going to start making all these wild and crazy bizarre predictions. But there's some common sense. Happen, you know, a common sense person looks at this as to what's going on, especially here in the United States. And I'm going to echo what some other people are saying and hopefully get you motivated to kind of do some prepping. First of all, I think... Anybody that takes a serious look at what's happening in the United States right now, we have a big devaluation of the dollar coming our way. And I I think that if you're not prepared for that, if you don't have at least some of your financial resources diversified, okay, gold, silver, real estate, things like that, I think you're going to you're going to get hit fairly hard. Because the dollar has to get devaluated. There's just there's too much money out there floating around. The government's printing way too much. We're way too much in debt. Inflation is bound to happen. It just has to. Inflation and taxes is bound to increase. It's there's no way that it cannot. Because we are on an unsustainable financial path right now. Completely unsustainable. And all the smoke and mirrors that the government puts out. Don't believe it. There's no way that we can continue this course. And I know I have international listeners. You know what? You're going to be affected by this too. The United States has a huge impact on the world itself. And so what happens here kind of has a ripple effect in other parts of the world. So get ready. You may see the same thing happening with your currencies. I was recently in Canada. Uh, I was recently in Canada like about two weeks ago for training part of the some of the products that I sell in my full-time job are manufactured up in Canada and you know the exchange, the exchange rate was like almost one to one well that's amazing man I mean the, the the dollar the Canadian dollar about one to one with the American dollar one to one exchange rate that's I don't I don't remember that before until recent times I don't ever remember the exchange rate being one to one. Our dollar is is not real strong, and inflation is bound to happen. Uh, Folks, I am uh, 52 years old, and so I remember when... I remember the 70s. I remember the uh, mid to late 70s when we had huge inflation, hyperinflation. We had interest rates that were ridiculous. We had some people paying 17% for their mortgage. 
Okay, 17% mortgage rates, gas shortages, things like that. I think times like that are coming back. So you really need to get ready for that kind of stuff. This is just common sense, you know, and a lot of people don't want to hear it. There's a lot of people that just don't want to admit this. And, you know, that's what's amazing to me is a lot of them just seem to have their sheeple. They got their head in the sand. They just don't want to wrap their brain around this. They kind of want to just go into denial and turn their head as if nothing is happening. You know, they want to be like an ostrich, stick their head in the sand and, and not, you know, tune everybody out. And I think that 90% of the people who are that way, that tune everybody out, it's just simply that they're in denial. They don't want to admit that this great country may falter. How many of you know somebody like that? They just don't want to admit it. And they're hard to get get through to. You know, I mean, they're hard. It's hard to get their attention. Don't ever underestimate the power of denial. And apathy is another big challenge that we have. I'd like to urge all of you listening to this podcast, please don't be apathetic. You probably aren't because you're listening to this podcast. If you have family members or friends or loved ones that are apathetic, that just really don't care, try every way you can to get them to start paying attention out there. You know, politicians especially, politicians, they... They live for people being apathetic, for people who don't care. They love that. you got to remember, they love that because they don't want you to know what they're doing. And there's so many people that are just so clueless out there, and that's why we have the government that we have. And this is not a political show. I'm not trying to make a political statement here. I'm I'm talking about facts, what's actually going on. Okay, it's not really even my opinion. I'm talking about cold, hard facts. All right? And, and both parties in the United States, both Democrat and Republican parties, are responsible for where we're at. So I'm not picking, I'm not pointing the finger one direction or the other. I don't care what your political persuasion is. I really don't. You're entitled. And you know what? Everybody needs to be a prepper. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, Independent, Libertarian. I don't care what you are. Everybody needs to start preparing. And everybody, both parties, both major parties that we have in the United States are responsible for this. But what happens is that people get so apathetic, they're just like robots out there. They just really don't care. Part of the problem is we have too few people voting. We don't don't have enough people who vote. All right? Now, politics affects our daily lives, folks. You got to pay attention to this stuff. You know, look what's going on with the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. Okay, it's starting to affect people in a big, big way, negatively. People are losing their insurance. People's rates are going up. Their health insurance rates are going up to unaffordable levels. What these pinhead politicians do, it affects us. It indirectly, most of the time, and sometimes directly affects us. I mean, you know, this Affordable Care Act stuff, this is direct effect on the United States citizens. Why are people so apathetic to this? Why? We we are we're going to crush under our own apathy. I'll just put it that way. 
And I've long said, and I'll say it again, that's the biggest problem we have in the United States. You, you know, there's all kinds of things that people like to talk about, all the different problems. But you, you rarely see any Facebook postings or forum postings, or you rarely hear about conversations between two people. And you rarely hear the subject of, of apathy. You rarely hear people analyze, why is it that so few people care anymore about what's going on in our government. I mean, after all, it is the government. And they do have an impact on what happens in this country. I, I've been a big believer that we get the government that we deserve. And some of you might be saying, well, I don't deserve it, Bob. I didn't vote for who's currently in office. I know you didn't, but enough people did. And that's our system that we have here. And we have to live and die with the system we have. So, as a whole, as a whole, we have the government that we deserve. We've got pretty much 49% of Americans that are getting some kind of a government check or government assistance. Now, that does include military retirement pay. First of all, I want to say something about all you veterans out there. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your service to this country. I did not serve in the United States military. I wish I had. I didn't. So the two podcasts that I do, that's my way of giving back. You veterans, I'm I'm speaking to you right now. You deserve every dollar that you're getting, whether it's retirement pay, disability pay, medical assistance, whatever. You deserve it. So... I realize that the figures that they put out there when they say, well, 49% of the Americans get a government check, there's a certain percentage of those Americans that are military. But even so, let's, let's not include the military folks in those numbers. We still have a very, very large percentage of Americans way too dependent on government. You know what the problem is? That's by design. That's by design. And I'm going to be a little different. I'm going to take exception to the conventional wisdom out there. A lot of people think that, well, you know, the Democrats have long been engineering a system in this country to create dependency. I don't think you can blame this only on the Democrats. I I think if you look at the way the United States has been run by politicians over the last 60, 50 or 60 years, everybody's had a part in creating dependency. Everybody. Everybody seems, all the politicians seem to be hold, seem to be beholden to their own little special interests that they care about. Have you noticed that? Even if you pay just a little bit of attention, you'll see that. And they all want some kind of dependency. They all want to curry favor with their special interest groups. And so that's what happens. Now, it's not going to be until citizens push back and push back hard that things are going to change. So I see some unsustainable problems. You know, Glenn Tate talks about it perfectly in his book series, 299 Days. If you still have not started reading Glenn Tate's 299 Days book series, uh, there's six books out. The seventh book is due to release 
pretty soon I'm quoted on book on the cover of book number five. That was kind of cool, kind of flattering when I got the email from Glenn that he wanted to put a quotation from me on the cover of book five. If you haven't got his books yet, go to my website, todayssurvival.com. There's a recommended books page. You can order his book either in ebook or in hard copy through Amazon, and you can help support my show. And by the way, if you're going to make an Amazon purchase, I'd appreciate it if you would go to the link on my website. There's an Amazon store link at todayssurvival.com. If you click that link and buy your Amazon purchases through my affiliate program, I'll get a little bit of a benefit. And it won't even cost you any extra money. You pay the same as you would normally pay on Amazon, but it's kind of a way for you to give back and help support my efforts a little bit. Okay, another thing I see happening is water shortages. Now, I live in in South Texas. I live in San Antonio. Here in Texas, we have a water issue. So to all of my Texas listeners... Water is something you need to really pay close attention to. There might be some other states out there with water shortages as well. We have a proposition on the ballot. By the time you hear this show, there's only going to be a couple of days left. We have a Proposition 6 on our ballot here in Texas to create more infrastructure to be able to add a better water supply. Uh, First of all, you know, it's going to be government control. That's one of the issues. Excuse me. One of the issues is that it's going to be government-controlled water supply. So that's a problem because I don't trust the government. I don't think that you should. And when I say I don't trust the government, with certain things I don't trust them. And my distrust in government grows more and more. doesn't mean that I hate the government. So all you people who think I'm radical, knock it off. All of you NSA people who are listening to this right now, I know there's got to be some of you knuckleheads out there spying and and eavesdropping in on this podcast, that's fine. Don't tag me as some kind of an anti-government radical. I'm just saying I don't trust the government. They screw too much stuff up. Okay, which is why I'm a big believer in being self-sufficient, self-reliant, prepared, whatever name you want to give this. The other day my son... Sorry, brief pause there. The other day my son was worried and he came to me because he was listening to some news. And he asked me if this was still going to be a good country to live in when he grows up. He's 15 and a half. And, you know, he was legitimately worried. And I think he's got a reason to be worried. But I told him, I said, look, you know, here's the thing. Whatever happens, whatever the government does, I told him, you have the, the ability to live your life the way you want. And as long as you've got that freedom to live your life and prepare and do the things that you need to do and live life on your own terms, you're going to be fine, son. I said, you know, as long as you pay attention to what your mother and I are teaching you about being self-sufficient, about making good decisions, and especially about being financially prepared... You're going to be better off than most. And this this won't be as bad of a situation for you as it will be for a lot of people. So I was trying to help him realize that a lot of people who are not prepared and are not paying attention to this, that are his age, are going to be in a lot worse shape. And so reminding my son that he's a free young man, that he's free to make his own decisions, and he's free to make good choices that that will set him up 
and he'll be able to mitigate a lot of the negatives that, that he's going to encounter because of the crap that this government is doing today. It seemed to make him feel better. And do that with young people in your life. Reassure them. Teach them, though. They get a lot of their reassurance when you teach them because they get a lot of negativity thrown at them. And believe me, if you don't think that young people are paying attention to the news, they're paying attention to some of it. And the problem is they're getting spoon-fed a bunch of crap. A lot of them are getting really spoon-fed a bunch of crap by schools, especially. They may not sit down and watch the news on TV, which also feeds them a lot of crap. But, you know, a lot of young people use the Internet, and they depend on the Internet a lot these days. And so if they're somewhat of an independent thinker, they're going to see, they're going to they're gather a lot of pertinent information on the Internet, but there's crap everywhere. If you are a parent of a young person, I am begging you to be a good role model to them, a good preparedness role model, okay? I think, and I hope you'll agree with me, I think that one of the things, one of the best things that you can do for young people, kids, nieces, nephews, or just young people that you're mentoring, be a prepper role model. Be a common sense survivalist role model. They may think right now that you're a little weird, but trust me, they are listening and they are soaking it in. And someday when they're older, when they need it the most, the lessons you taught them will pay off in a big way. You just don't know it now. You just don't know it now, but the lessons that you taught them will pay off. So I think that's a prepping skill. A prepping skill that we should all be doing and we should all be perfecting right now is getting the next generation ready. Remember, remember parents, there's a good chance when you're older, it's your kids that'll be taking care of you. So equip the young people in your life. Teach them. Teach them how to set themselves up so that they're going to be better off than most. And then they're going to have more ability to take care of you when you get old. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this? <laughs> you see where I'm going with this? Maybe maybe you've kind of gathered that that's part of my thought process now, too. So, you know, talking about this makes me think of Teen Prepper. Let me, let me give Teen Prepper a big shout-out. You know, Teen Prepper was on, has been on this show. Mexican Joe interviewed him, and I played that interview for you several weeks back. He's very active on the forum. You know, still a teenager, paying attention to this stuff. This is That's good. God, you know, how come we can't have millions of young people like him in his age group paying attention to what's going on and prepping? You know why? You know why there's not millions of teenagers like Teen Prepper? It's because of their parents. And that's why I say, if you are a parent... Please teach your kids. We need that. Please be a prepper role model to them. Anyway, getting back to water. Uh, here in Texas, we... You know what? If you live in Texas, store lots of water. Have lots of ways to get water and purify water. By the way, somebody called into my voicemail recently and said, Hey, Bob, when you were talking about your emergency kit, you forgot to talk about water purification tablets. Yes, I did. I forgot to talk about that. I actually have water pur purification tablets in my travel emergency bag. 
I think that's a must. You should have some method of purifying water. I do. I just simply forgot to talk about them. So, thanks for bringing that up. By the way, if you want to leave me a voicemail, I'm going to give you a phone number you can call. If you want to leave me a voicemail and give me some comments on the show, or if you want to talk about, bring up some topics or whatever, I'll address them. I have a voicemail box that I use for the other podcast that I do on guns called the Handgun World Podcast. Well, instead of having two different voicemail boxes, I just want to use one for everything. But that number is 210-646-1727. 210 is the area code. 646-1727. If you want to call in a voicemail, leave a comment, I'll put you on the show. If you don't want to be on the show and just leave a comment privately, just tell me on the voicemail that you don't want it to go on the show. But again, that number is 210-646-1727. Anyway, Proposition 6 here in Texas is to use some of the surplus that we have here in Texas. By the way, we do run a financial surplus, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. To use some of the financial surplus to build more infrastructure to be able to provide water for Texans. Unfortunately, I'm in a situation where I'm relying on city water. Yes, that makes me nervous. But even if you have your own water supply, if you have well water, guess what? There has to be groundwater for there to be water in your well. And if there's not enough groundwater, it's going to put a lot of stress on your well, and your well may not function like it should and provide you with the water supply that you need. So, right now it's pouring rain while I'm driving. This is a welcome sight. Awesome. But you know what? We can't get enough rain in the next two years to, to completely make up for the drought that we've suffered in the last three years. So water is a big concern here in Texas. I don't know about your state or your country where you live, but if water is a concern, what are you doing? Are you, are you, are you storing water? You know, even if you're just storing it five gallons at a time. I found some, some five-gallon water jugs at Walmart, cheap. They were like five bucks, and I bought a bunch of them. Store water, five gallons at a time. You know, stored for drinking, stored for bathing, stored for cooking. Find ways to store rainwater. I know a lot of you listening to this show, you store rainwater. That's awesome. You know, you're going to need it to water your gardens. So, keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Right now, God's blessing us with a lot of rain here in Texas, which is good, but it's simply not enough. Now, another prep I want to talk about, and this is going to be the final one, a little bit shorter of a show than you're used to, but the final prep that I want to talk about is you need to really consider where you're living and if it's going to be the right place for you in the future for your preparations. I, I'm really enjoying Texas. I've been here since 1993, off and on. I spent a little bit of time in Oklahoma and a real brief time up in Chicago, but I, I came back to Texas where I belong. One reason I like it here, I mean, and there's some negatives, trust me, there's some negatives about the state of Texas. It gets very, very hot in the summertime, which I'm a Yankee, right? I was born in New York City. I was raised in Wisconsin. Wisconsin's pretty much where I call home. But you know, there's some things about Texas I really love. We're free. You know, we, we do things right. We have a low tax base. Very low taxes. There's no state income tax. For a lot of people in Texas, that's a big deal. 
Yes, we pay a little bit higher property tax, but still, I save a lot of money. By not paying 6 to 8% of my income to the state, I'm saving a lot of money. Okay, I'm saving more than what the extra property taxes cost me. I've run the numbers. I've compared my home to in Texas to that same home in other states. And I've compared the property taxes. Hey, there's some states, Wisconsin, my homeland, is a, is a good example. Wisconsin has state, inco- state income tax and enormously high property taxes. Okay? What do the people of Wisconsin get for their high taxes? Most of them are complaining that they're not getting enough. So, we run a surplus here in Texas. Our government only meets once every two years for about five months. That's it. That's all they need to do once every two years. Wouldn't it be nice if the federal government did that? Okay, if we can't get it done here in once every two years, then, then we're not very efficient. Okay, throughout our history, that's what we've been doing, meeting once every two years. That's enough. We don't have big, fat, bloated government compared to a lot of other states and compared to the federal government. Now, you might think, well, yeah, you Texans have an attitude. A lot of people in Texas have an attitude. Yeah, you're right. We do have an attitude. You know why? Because our economy is successful. We're creating jobs. People here have money. The education system is not as bad as the media tells you. You know why? I have a son in the Texas public education system. He's doing just fine. You know why? Because he's got good parents. Which is 90% of what makes kids successful. Too many people are wanting schools to practically raise their kids. I don't care what state you live in. That's not a good idea. But here in Texas, we believe in keeping people as free as we possibly can. I happen to personally think that there's still too much government interference in Texas. But compared to the rest of the country, uh, we're doing pretty well. And if you look at the fact that Texas is attracting half a million people every year, are moving into Texas, our population is growing. Why? Why is our population growing? Well, we must be doing something right. More, There are more corporate headquarters in Texas than any other state in the United States. I'll say that again. More corporate headquarters are located here than any other state in the United States. Why is that? Well, I'll leave it for you to decide. I'm not saying that Texas is without problems. We've got our problems. But I'm happy to be here, and I'm, I'm, I'm liking it because I believe in freedom. So you need to consider where you live. Am I saying you have to move to Texas? No. But you need to analyze where you're at. And if you're being severely oppressed by your government, if your government is in your way, your state government, for example, if you're being affected by that, and there's a possibility for you to move and go somewhere else, I would suggest doing it. Don't be so closed-minded to think that you've got to live where you're at and nowhere else. Even if, you're, if you've been where you're living all your life. Branch out. Come on. Get out of your comfort zone. You know, the two most dangerous places are gun-free zones and your comfort zone. Those are the two most dangerous places. So don't think that you're stuck living where you are. 
So maybe, and here's something that some people don't look at it this way. Maybe one prep that you can improve upon is where you live. Even if it means staying in the same general area, but getting out of the city and going to a bug out location. And spending more time at another location that gives you a better opportunity to be more free and less dependent. That's what I'm talking about. So, kind of a mixed bag of survival talk. And sometimes I do episodes like that. I do kind of a mixed bag. I just talk about what's on my mind. Kind of a stream of consciousness type of show. And that's kind of what this was. So, you probably have some comments about it. Send me an email, bob at todayssurvival.com. Send me a voicemail. Actually, some of you have called in voicemails already. Next week, I'm going to address some of those on the show. So next week will be kind of a voicemail show. But thanks for listening to another episode of today's Survival Show. I'm Bob Main. I'm your host. It's my goal to help you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. Let me know what you think. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll catch you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.